Assalamu alaikum. You're listening to the Heartwork Community Quran Study of Surah Yusuf at Roots. All of our programming at Roots is live streamed and published free of charge thanks to the goodwill of our monthly sustainers. Your donations allow us to continue our mission of being a community of welcoming, providing meaningful content, and nurturing our hearts, minds, and souls in coming closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa You can help us reach our Ramadan campaign goal of 250 new sustainers by signing up today. Or, if you are already a sustainer, you can increase your amount and also encourage your family and friends to support the work we do by signing up at rootsdfw.org sustain. As always, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless you and reward you. Jazakumullah khairan wa assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Bismillahi wa alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillahi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum everybody, welcome home, welcome back. Uh, to hard work, alhamdulillah. It's so good to see everybody here uh, uh, tonight. Um, we have with us uh, a, a really good friend of mine. Oh, assalamualaikum. Wow, we have multiple guests, mashallah. We have, <laughs> we have a really good friend of mine here, mashallah, um, who uh, vi- is visiting us all the way from uh, the DMV. Uh, you know, when people live in Virginia or Maryland, they always say that, oh, I live in DC. And you need to stop doing that because it's not real. You don't actually live in you don't actually live in the, the, the DMV, right? Or you don't live in DC. You live in the V or the M or the D. So, uh, Sheikh Abdul Malik, Sheikh Abdul Malik. Sorry, I'm just gonna say salam. Allah. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Did you actually go to Yale? <laughs> I gave a lecture there like two days ago. Really so they gave it to me. Alhamdulillah. Thank you for visiting. I really appreciate that. Alhamdulillah. How are you? Pleasure to finally meet you. Mashallah. I gotta get on my toes, man. Stop for I know. I know. Mashallah, you're a lot taller than than I imagined. I look different on Instagram. Yeah, no, Mashallah, but the smile is still beautiful. Allah We'll wrap after, Inshallah. Sorry if I knew that you were. I would have set up something. Isa, whatever he wants to drink, inshallah, just get it. Whatever you like. Shall we have lemonade, chai, coffee, whatever you like. Okay. Yeah. Just tell them as far as I guess, inshallah. Okay, sorry. Unexpected guest. This is barakah, mashallah. This is the barakah, alhamdulillah, of our, of our intention to come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, we're going to be continuing, inshallah, with our discussion on uh, Surah Yusuf, inshallah. Um, and I have... With me here, a dear friend of mine of over a decade, Sheikh Abdul Malik Merchant. Uh, Sheikh Abdul Malik is an imam uh, in the DMV area in Virginia. Um, he, mashallah, did his coursework and his studies at Umm Al-Qura University in Mecca. Uh, over the course of a decade, alhamdulillah, he studied the Islamic sciences, spent time uh, with you know, wonderful scholars in the company of great people. And that's how we got to know each other so well, alhamdulillah. Um, was through you know visiting and, and, and doing Umrah together and just spending a lot of time. So we've been able to connect and then we both worked in Boston for a short time uh, in different masajids that were in the area there. And he wanted to come visit uh, because in Boston, alhamdulillah, he completed his master's in mental health. And so he's a licensed in clinician. Hmm? In theology. In theology. I'm not a licensed clinician. Not a licensed, okay. <laughs> but he does a lot of counseling, alhamdulillah. And so I thought that it would be really interesting uh, for him to come through and to join us. Where are we at? I'm trying to. You want me to do it? Yeah, please. I thought it would be really interesting for him to join us, inshallah, uh, to, for our discussion because Surah Yusuf, as we talked about, was revealed during the time of the Prophet's life where he was experiencing a lot of difficulty. 
we, we sat and had coffee and read tafsir together. And, uh, you know, just the, the themes of, of wellness were so present. And we just kept thinking to ourselves, you know, this reflection, subhanAllah, of the Qur'an is so relevant to everybody here that we hope, inshallah, that our goal tonight, bidnillah, is to be able to connect people to uh, uh, that understanding, that you can go home to and open this book and connect to it as a means of wellness, uh, inshallah ta'ala. So I'm going to get this up on the screen so we can get started um, because we're using uh, our other device to stream on Facebook. There we go. No, yes, no. So it's connected. It is connected, but it's not. It's not vibing. Oh, it's there. It's there. Oh, it made it. They made it. Okay. You can tell which one's my iPad. No, I don't want this anymore. Leave me alone. No, yes, no. Are you here? Oh. It was there. I know, I saw it. Oh, there we go. Okay. We do. We need what? Apple support? Okay. Oh, there we go. Okay. Now, Bismillah. Hey. Hey, what? Okay. Bismillah. So, uh, is your mic on, Chef? Do you have your mic? I do. All right. You want to turn on the bottom? There's a there's a button there. Okay. So, welcome to Roots, Sheikh. Barakallahu feek. How are you doing? Alhamdulillah. How are you? Alhamdulillah. How's the coffee? It was alright. It was alright. <laughs> it was really good, Masha. <laughs> And that's it. We're done. Uh, so <laughs> next week, inshallah, we'll be covered for you. Uh, that was amazing, mashallah. Alhamdulillah. How, uh, how's, your, how's your trip to Dallas been? It's been really good, mashallah. Yeah. No, no, alhamdulillah. It's been really heartening. Uh, that's not the word I'm looking for. It's been really heartwarming seeing all the mashayikh and meeting and reconnecting with the sohbah. We were talking about it all day, like, yeah, mashallah, yeah. just meeting with people uh, with shared intentions and good hearts is a beautiful thing. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. It's an honor that you're with us tonight. It's and it means a lot. It means a lot that you came to join us and wanted to come and re reflect on some Quran, inshallah. Um, so I want to jump in because I don't want to take up too much time. I know we have, you know, Urshah prayer in just a little bit. Um, so last week, Shaykh, just to catch you up, uh, we've had two sessions. The first one, we talked about the nature of Surah Yusuf, mm -hmm. how it was a chapter that was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ during, like I said, the most difficult time of his life, um, during the year of sadness and the year of grief uh, that he endured, alayhi uh, and then we, we spoke to, uh, the next session we spoke about was the initial stages where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us about the fact that we're surrounded by his signs, that no matter what, there's always going to be these reminders of God's existence in our lives. And also we need to tie that back to the book itself, reading the verses in the book itself. And we finished at the moment where Prophet Yusuf, peace be upon him, went to his father and informed him that he had a dream. Mm. Um, and that was sort of where we ended, right everybody? Okay, so where we want to continue today, inshallah, I think it's uh, verse number three or four. Verse number three or four. And if you want to follow along on your phone, you can. Quran.com, it's a real website, slash 12. Okay, slash 12. Okay. Um, so here, 
verse number. Uh, oh, it went down. Okay, verse number four. Allah Taala says, "It's qala Yusuf li abihi ya abati inni ra'aytu ahad ashara kawkaban, wa shams wa shams ra'aytuhum li sajidin." So this vision he had. The vision was, in my dream, I saw the that there were eleven stars that were. Uh, uh, 11 stars and a sun and a moon and I saw them that they were bowing to me. So this is a dream now that Yusuf has. Um, he's telling this to his father and we finish by talking about having that person, that wise person that you can go to. We know that Yaqub is also a prophet. In fact, you mentioned like how many generations of prophethood? Four generations. Four generations of prophethood. So they're coming from like a lineage of connection to Allah that is pretty much unparalleled, unrivaled. Okay. And the Prophet you know, when he also came from this lineage as well, this was a, an overall lineage. This was a, a lineage that clearly was chosen, that there is something special about their understanding. So Yaqub, when he hears this dream, uh, there's a tafsir, uh, Ibn Ajiba, this great Mufassid, he said something very powerful. He pulled from uh, uh, one of the sources, he said that during this moment, when, when Yusuf told his father this dream, Ibn Ajiba had this very, very... Uh, sober moment. I'm sorry. Yaqub had this very sober moment where he began to cry. So he, the, the son tells his father, I saw this dream, stars, sun, moon bowing to me. And his father begins to cry. And so he asked his father, he said, why are you crying? And Yaqub being a prophet, having this connection, having this, this, this vision, this understanding, he says to his son that don't you remember, don't you know the, in the story of the creation of Adam, that there was also another bowing that occurred. What was the bowing that occurred? When Adam was created, who was told to bow to Adam? Well, and who? The angels, very good. And who didn't bow? Very good. Okay, so he said, don't you remember in the story of the creation of Adam, there was a bowing, a sajda that was commanded, and it was done. And he said, yes, and he said, this is a sign. Again, this is like prophetic intuition. He said, this is a sign that in this dream, the indication of bowing of a creation to another creation is the sign of a challenge or a test or a trial that's going to come your way. And so his, as, as, as a prophet, as a father, because we know that prophets, when they receive wahi through the medium of dreams, it's, it comes in the form of true revelation. Their dreams are true. So he says that this is, this is something serious. And that's why in the next verse, there is a, a tone of concern. Normally, if you have this dream, it's kind of like, wow, that's powerful, that's interesting. You know, in this day and age, why don't you journal it? Why don't you write it, right? His father says, no, this is, this is, this is a sign of something that's going to be really challenging in your life. And Sheikh, I wanted to ask you about that. As a father, you have, mashallah, children as well. I have children. The understanding that we see when we read this verse is that there's a father who's really worried for his son. But at the same time, he's a prophet. So there's that duality, right? He's a father, but he's a prophet. What must it be like for Yaqub right now in this moment? What, must, what, what emotions can we tell from the verse, from the surah is he feeling? And what lessons do we take from that? SubhanAllah. Um, I would assume that there's confusion initially. You know, Yusuf is going to his father, telling him this, this dream, knowing that his father's a prophet, and the prophets, uh, don't, their dreams are wahi, a form of wahi, and so he's able to understand it. 
But then to have your father immediately tell you, don't tell your brothers, I'm sure made him feel concerned. We haven't gotten to that verse yet, but yes, thanks. Spoiler alert. Right. <laughs> That's okay. So he's, he's in between like confusion and concern. Mm. He's a bit uneased. Yeah. I have, you know, this weird situation. Sun and the 12 stars, sun and the moon prostrating to me. What does that mean? Telling dad, dad's like, hold up. He's a bit worrisome about it, as you mentioned. He's telling him that these prostrations are a sign of trials to come. It's bad. I mean, the way that we would understand that is bad news. Yeah. So, I mean, and when we get bad news, it challenges the very core of our understanding of Allah. Yeah. Right? Like, when you hear something bad, initially you think, why me? Yeah. Why is God doing this to me? Yeah. I'm not, a bad, I'm not an evil person. Mm-hmm. So, what, what is, and you were telling me this earlier, what's one way we can frame our understanding of God when we receive news like this? Yeah, I mean, for me as someone who's my train is in theology, that's where I'm always going to. And I think there's a frame, a Quranic framework to process any news, but specifically bad news. And I like to focus on four different verses. We have in the beginning of the Quran, we've every sort except for sort of Tawbah, Bismillah Rahman Rahim. So Allah is the most gracious, the most merciful. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us... Why why do you focus on that when you get bad news? Let me go through all of them. Okay, sorry. (laughs) Um, The second one is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants ease for us and not difficulty. And he says another verse that, He wants to lighten the difficulty for us. Mm. He then says, He won't burden us with more than we could bear. And then lastly, he says, He won't burden us with um, because of someone else. And so we know from that last verse that what we have is not because of the ancestors... It's not because of anything other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed it specifically for us. Mm-hmm. And this is important because, I mean, you know, you guys remember obviously when the height of COVID, especially pre-vaccination, it was like if somebody tested positive and then told their friends. Yeah, yeah. You know, you saw something like, hey, I tested positive. Everyone was like, dun, dun, dun. Like everyone's trying to figure out who did it. Yeah. It's like a giant, horrific game show. Yeah. What symptoms did you have? When? They're trying to follow the timeline. Yeah. And to some point, I remember speaking to somebody because, again, everyone got drawn into this. Myself, everyone included, right? Oh, when this, when that. And then they start asking the questions. Then resentment develops. There's a lot of people nodding, right? We have a lot of angry people in here. <laughs> but one of my friends who's very, mashallah, like pious. Mm. And again, he's not like so pious that he's, you know, like, oh, I don't believe in this. He's like, no. He's just like, look, at the end of the day, when this, when you receive this information, what's your first thought? Mm. Is your first thought like, how dare you? How could you? You didn't know. You should have been this more responsible. Or is it? Allah decreed it. Allah decreed it. Like, قَدَرَ اللَّهُ مَا Like, this is, this is the reality. Like, Allah decreed it. And, and there's a certain therapy. There's a certain, like, process that a person can have when they admit to themselves that this is from Allah's decree. It doesn't mean that you have to ignore the process or the... the, 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 the the journey of discovering more as a result of that moment. But sometimes you have to begin at the end. You have to start where you know you're going to finish. We know that we're going to finish with what? Allah decreed it. And in order to remind yourself of where you're going, you have to remind yourself of your destination. Okay, you know what? Breathe. This is from Allah. All right? This is from God. Who is God? Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, etc., etc. So I love the fact that you tied that in. Because yeah. I think sometimes you have to take a breath and remind yourself, I couldn't have avoided this. No. You know the very famous quote that everyone quotes for marriage online. What is that one? Imam al he said it. Hassan al-Basri was narrated saying it. Sufyan al and others, right? 
that if something was written for me, it'll never miss me. And if something wasn't written for me, it'll never, it'll never get to it. It's famous, you know, like Rishta stuff, right? <laughs> famous uh, marriage, uh, you know, traps, yeah. right? The reality is that that quote is so much deeper than just like finding Allah. a spouse. Allah. That quote is honest. You have to think about it. You have to internalize that. Someone asked Hassan al-Basri, like, how did you become so pious? He said, this is what I believed. I didn't have anger with God. I didn't get frustrated with Allah. Because whatever was meant for me, there's no way I could have run from it. And whatever wasn't meant for me, there's no way I could have captured it. Mm. I just had to accept it. Yeah. And then you said, Shaykh? So that's the first thing. The second is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will not burden us with more than we could bear. Mm -hmm. So not only was it decreed for us, but we can handle it. And this is coming from Al-Khaliq, the creator. Al-Mu'ti, the one who gives. Al-Hakim Al-Aleem, the most knowledgeable, wise. Who's telling us that what we're going through, we have the capacity to handle. Yeah. Ibn Ta'Allah, that line that we read. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where he said like, يُخَفِّفْ عَنْكُمْ So that you can feel a lightness for you. Uh, Allah Ta'ala told you that the one who decreed the difficulty for you is Him. Because at least you know that the one who decreed it loves you. Mm. Right? Imagine if shaitan controlled your difficulties. And he hates you. I don't know if you guys know that. He hates you. Right? Shaitan doesn't like us. So imagine if like Allah in his divine strategy gave shaitan the ability to decree for us. Of course that would be horrible. But Allah in his divine wisdom told us what? You are under completely Allah Ta'ala's control. And Allah Ta'ala is the one who puts you in situations of good and situations that you don't like. Which could be good. And in that, you have to go back to what? Allah is the one who has given me both of these situations. Right? Who al mubli Ibn Ta'illah says. The one who is the most merciful and loves you is the one who also tests you. And then? Which makes me think of the, 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 the jif or the meme of the person digging but doesn't know they're right at the end. Yeah. Oftentimes when we're going through difficult times, it feels like we're drowning. It feels mm -hmm. like we're suffocating because of the difficulty of it. But if we're able to think through this Quranic framework, we can remember that it's Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who's telling us we, we won't burn us more than could bear. Okay, beautiful, mashallah. But then after that, we have to remember that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants ease for us and not difficulty. Yeah. So not only can we bear the difficulty, mm. there's a quote-unquote silver lining in the problems that we're having, in this difficult time. Mm -hmm. And lastly, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the most gracious, most merciful, not only is there a silver lining, but there's something, there's a mercy in it. Yeah. There's something for us to grow as people as spiritual beings in closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but also in ourselves through this difficult time. This perspective is so important. Ibn Sa'ud one time was asked that, you know, how, how do you interpret these difficult times? And he said that it always could have been worse. Allah. And I know that, that for a lot of people, we don't like hearing that. It always could have been worse. How many of you guys have heard that? Raise your hand. It could be worse. How many of you hate hearing that? Yeah, be honest, right? But Ibn Sa'ud, sometimes what you hate to hear is what you need to hear. It could be worse. And then, you know, his, his framework was even beyond. He said... It could have been worse in the dunya. Like, maybe you got sick, but at least you have a bed to lay on. Mm. And maybe you did, but at least you had, like, you know, maybe you tore your ACL and had surgery, but at least you had DoorDash, right? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, maybe this, at least you had crutches, at least you, there's all these, at least, at least, at least. And again, the nafs doesn't want to hear that. The nafs wants to wallow in misery, mm. complain about everything. But sometimes the ruh and the qalb need to stand up to the nafs and say, Chuk. right? <laughs> Shut your mouth. It means be quiet in Urdu, right? Y'all impressed right now, right? Chukuro. Right? I got yelled at by my hafizab a lot growing up. So, okay. <laughs> you know? The heart needs to stand up to the nafs and say, be quiet, man. Be quiet. Wallah al-Azim. Can I, can I tell you guys something? And this is personal. You guys have seen me now since surgery. You know, crutches. Alhamdulillah, now no crutches, whatever. I'll tell you straight up. Every time I felt sorry for myself, 
I saw someone that was worse off than me. Mm. Wallahi, this happened in Austin this weekend. Wallahi al-Azim. And I can't give too much description. Wallahi, I walked into the masjid, my knee was swollen. It was painful and I'm like, man, I just want my, 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 my health back. Right? I, was, I, I wasn't complaining out loud, but internally I was being a baby. I was just mm. complaining to myself. And Wallahi al-Azim, I walk in and I see somebody who doesn't have his arm. SubhanAllah. And I just look and I'm like, what am I complaining about, man? Because mm. I have to wait a few months? Mm. Allah will always, during Umrah, Sheikh, you lived in Mecca, 10 mm. years. How many times were your feet tired? And then you look in front of you and you see someone pulling themselves, making tawaf on their hands. Bro, my wife was making hajj, her first hajj, three months pregnant. And we walked it. So from Arafah to the Jamarat, it's like seven miles, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. May Allah bless her. Uh, that was the Mecca Muslim Run Club. No, it was the Hobo Hajj. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hobo Hajj. We have a Dallas Muslim Run Club, that's why. Okay. Little plug. By the way, run for refugees, inshallah, this Saturday. Please be there, inshallah. Okay. So in Muzdalifa, she, she collapsed. <laughs> she I can't do it. <laughs> and so we're walking to the Jamarat, and she's I just can't do this anymore. And she sees an older Asian couple literally bent over, pushing through like with their, their backs. Their backs were yeah. formed like that, subhanAllah. And she was just like, all right. <laughs> Allah will just send you that sign. And again, it, your eyes have to be open to see it, right? So that's there as well. Ibn Sirud said that. And then on top of that, before we move on, you know what else he said? He goes, and even if my heart is unable to detect the silver lining, at least this test happened here and not in Akhirah. At the very least, like, I, I'm okay. Oh Allah, <laughs> if you had to give it to me, give it to me now. Right? I don't want to experience, I don't want to see, hear, smell. I don't want to be near Jahannam. So, oh Allah, if you have to give me some trial, some test that's going to clean me from my mistakes, that's going to give me kafara, that's going to remove, then don't give it to me there. Just give it to me here. Right? And that's why these people were so incredible in their understanding of difficulty. Mm. It was almost like, we were talking about this earlier, they would actually even start to laugh in the midst of their tears. Because they were like, man, at least my debt is being cleared. At least my debt is being cleared. So this framework takes work. But we ask Allah Ta'ala to give us the strength, inshaAllah. If I could just give one example sure. of where we might laugh. For anyone who's been in a serious relationship, particularly those that are married, you know when your spouse is really giving it to you, like, oh, it's about to go down. <laughs> <laughs> you know because you have to muster up some energy yeah. to push through this difficult time yes. in order to, but you love the person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're committed to this relationship. Absolutely. And so that's like the laughter of like, this pain is about to be painful. Yeah. She caught me doing something wrong again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh man, all right. Yeah. What about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? SubhanAllah. I just keep thinking of my mom. She, like, you know, there's stages where you know that your parents are going to be upset with you. Mm. Laughter is the scariest stage. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, you know, initially it's yelling. You're like, okay. Then it's like talking. Okay. Then it's silence. You're like, I'm dead. Then it's laughter. You're like... Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan rasulullah okay طيب so those four frameworks and we're going to share this on our instagram inshallah we'll post it some ayat that way you guys will be able to to have that uh, as well uh, in your in your arsenal in your in your tools inshallah your toolbox um, okay next verse inshallah so he goes to his father now his father says to him oh my son do not tell this story of your dream do not narrate your dream to who? Ara ikhwatika. Do not tell your brothers. This is interesting. Because mm. anyone here have siblings? Okay. So, you know, every sibling goes through their, their moments. Right? Every family has their moments. That's fine. But 
at the end of the day, for most family situations, there's, there's concessions, of course. For most family situations, the dynamic of like blood is that they'll always be there for each other, even if they don't want to. You know what I mean? So this is a very interesting statement. Don't tell your brothers about your dream. Why? And then he clarifies. He says, Because they are going to scheme a plan against you. They're going to scheme a plan. Like this is going to, if you tell them, it's going to like inject this feeling, this jealousy, this hasad within them. And they're going to start scheming because they won't be able to handle the fact that you received this incredible moment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Can we talk a little bit about the first advice? Don't tell them about the dream. What do we take from this about sharing news that we get and the importance of the discretion? I mean, it, they're his blood brothers. So before we even talk about being smart and who you tell your news to, imagine hearing this from Yusuf, from his father, Yusuf from his father. Yeah. And how as a family system, that must be for you not being able to tell your own brothers good news. And the fact that they are fourth generation prophets, that despite what's going on, or despite their, their righteousness, despite the fact that they're through a lineage, as you mentioned before, this golden yeah. lineage of prophecy, that shaitan could even whisper and cause doubt. Yeah, it's really interesting. They're like a masjid family. Yeah. No, this, there's more than a masjid family. Yeah, a, yeah. This is a, imam, a legacy. The imam's family. Yeah. For four generations. Yeah. And so even that, he's not supposed to talk to. It's, he's telling him, don't tell him. So I think to answer your question more specifically, we should be very, very thoughtful in who we tell people stuff to. And how we tell. And how, yeah. There's a way you can narrate something. Like this dream is kind of tough. You can't go to your brother and be like, I had a dream. About what? I don't know, like stars and moon and stuff. Like, <laughs> there's not really any way you can sort of like filter yeah. the, the depth of this dream, right? But think about how you talk to people. Number one, the first question is, is this person the right person to tell this to? Hmm. Okay, is this the right time for this to hear this, for them to hear this? Why? Why am I telling someone? Yeah, yeah. Is it a weird flex? A humble brag. Humble brag. Am I seeking advice from them? Or do you want to share good news? Because it's not bad to share good news. Mm -hmm. Allah tells us, give good news to those who what? Do good deeds. Right? Who believe and do good deeds. So sharing good news is not bad. That's part of what being an ummah is about. You know, if something good happens to you and you have a friend, you can say like, hey, you know, alhamdulillah, like, Something really good happened to me today, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to have discretion and you have to be strategic. Not paranoid. I don't want people to walk out of here being like, you know, to their friend. But I want everyone in here to understand something. Especially in the age of social media. What you put out, you cannot remove from the consciousness and from the phones and from, from everybody. So you have to be extremely thoughtful. What Sheikh said, I love that word. Be very thoughtful about what you share who you share with, and making sure that it, you need to ask yourself this question. Does the person who I'm telling this information to make dua for me? Mm. Do they love me for the sake of Allah? If, if they do, then, you, then the Prophet ﷺ said, you can tell them everything. If the person makes dua for you, go ahead. That's your brother, that's your sister. You can tell them everything. But if you don't know the person, you just met them, the relationship is very new, it's developing, right? Or they're like, you know, a stranger then maybe it's not the best time to divulge everything to them. Why? Because again, there is a wisdom in being sensitive. The Prophet ﷺ said, Man najah. Whoever is quiet, they will be saved. They will be, they will be the ones who are saved.
right? So always be careful. Even here, prophet to a emerging upcoming prophet, father to son, telling him what? Even your blood brothers, those people that you were raised with, that you play with, that you sleep next to, you eat food with. I mean, if there's anyone that you're close to, intimate with, it's your brothers and sisters. And he's saying, you know what? Every relationship has its limits. Mm. Every relationship. Don't test people. My mother would say this. Don't test people's ability to control their hasad. Allah. Because everyone has a barrier. Allah bless her. You know, some people, all of us, we all have our vulnerabilities. If someone came up to me right now and was like, I have two ACLs, I'd be like, La hawla wa la Look at me bend. You know, no, I'm joking, I'm joking, right? The point being is what? The sensitivity to understand that. If someone just lost their job, don't talk about your rear. We talked about this in Virtues of Brotherhood and Sisterhood. Mm. Right? But look at it again. It's in the Quran over and over again. Why? Because how much devastation is caused by people misunderstanding the time and place? Mm. How much hurt, how much pain is caused? Mm. Okay? So he's telling his, uh, 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 his son, don't tell your brothers. But then, and this is important, don't be paranoid and don't think that everyone around you is evil. Why? Because who's the source of all of this? What does he say? Inna shaytana lil insani Because it's not their fault. It's not their fault. Like they're people. They're human, just like you and I. We're all susceptible to shaytan. We're all. We all have our weak moments where shaytan can come in. He can whisper something, and he can make us feel a certain way. Someone might be acting completely normal, and you experience something, and it's just the wrong day. And you look at them, and you're like, Why would they say that? Why would they do that? And you go down that black hole of su'adhan, mm -hmm. the worst kind of suspicion. So Yaqub is telling his son, don't walk around your brothers now looking at me like y'all are evil. Mm -hmm. He's saying, realize the human capacity to be influenced by Satan. And the moment that you think you don't have that, you're probably most vulnerable. Right? We all need to realize that. That's why we say what? A'udhu billahi minash-shaytan That's why we say this phrase multiple times a day. If you feel this bubbling up inside of you, can everyone say it with me? A'udhu billahi minash shaytan ar-rajim. You feel this bubbling up, just say it to yourself. A'udhu billahi minash shaytan ar-rajim. And watch how the diffusion of that hasad starts to affect you. It starts to fall away from you, inshaAllah, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala. Okay? Uh, any points on that, Shaykh, that you want to no, share? No, I was just going to say that, like, from an educational perspective, Yaqub is telling his, like, his son that your brother's may have some hasad or some envy for you, but they're not bad people in and of themselves. Yeah. You know, there's something, Allah says, Muhammad was the hadith where, Al-Mu'min al-Qawi khayna wa ahabbin Allah min al-Mu'min al-Qawi khayna wa The strong believer is better, more beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than the weak believer, but there's goodness in every single one. Yeah. So like, there's still goodness in your brother. It's because of the whispers of shaitan. Yes. It's not that they're inherently bad people. So to your point, how you interact with them shouldn't be as inherently they're bad. Yes. So when we're interacting with our brothers and sisters, we have to do it from a space of humility, but also billah. We have good thoughts about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but then to as your point is understanding that shaitan can whisper. Yes. And he mentions here in the tafsir something very beautiful. He says that his father, again, that wise person, remember last week we talked about have that wise person. Have those wise you can talk it's fine. Have those wise people. They're just sharing them. I looked at them, they're like, ah, no, you're not in trouble. I just wanted to turn and include everybody. Assalamualaikum. Having those wise people in your life that you can rely on, they start to show you what? Yusuf Alayhi probably the first people he's going to run to are his brothers. I mean, like, think about it, right? Yaqub is teaching him as a wise person that difficult times can come from unexpected places. 
You may not have expected it, mm. right? And he mentions here because why? The reality is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who chose this. It's not even Yusuf's fault. You know what the crazy part about this whole story? I want you to remember this, okay? Was it Mar March uh, 6th, okay? None of this is Yusuf's fault. Mm. From beginning to end, mm. nothing he gets punished for is his fault. Punished here means by people, consequences. I can't, I'm not going to spoil the whole surah. But every moment, he makes the right choice. And he still goes through it. Isn't that crazy? Like, we understand when we make a wrong choice, why we go through it. Ah, I shouldn't have done that, right? Yeah. Yusuf can't say that because he didn't do anything wrong. But subhanAllah, in order to get to it, you got to go through it, right? And his, his destination, as we know, is prophethood. The next verse. This is it, right? So what does he say? He says, can you go down a little bit? وَكَذَلِكَ يَشْتَبِيكَ رَبُّكَ وَيُعَلِّمُكَ مِن تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ Yaqub is explaining. Some say this is Yaqub, some say this is Allah explaining to us. Either way, it's being explained that what? This entire process, this entire moment of you being told to be careful, and then subhanAllah, the tafsir says that somehow, some way, the brothers picked up on it, right? You guys know when your siblings are acting shady, right? Not that Yusuf Aisan was acting shady, but you know when something's off. So they picked up on it. And there's another narration that says that one of Yusuf's extended relatives overheard a little bit of the dream, went and told her son, and it was kind of a thing. Okay, because family talks. You guys ever had family talk before? Yeah. <laughs> you guys ever had that aunt or uncle or cousin you can't say anything to? How are things? Horrible. They're bad. Everything's bad, right? <laughs> Nothing works out in my life. Please, don't ask me again, right? Because you're afraid. So again, prophets had family dynamics, yes or no? This is the reality. A lot of us think that because we're experiencing difficulty in our family, God must hate us. Well, look at every story of every prophet. Mm. They struggled with family. Ibrahim salam, Yusuf salam, Yaqub with his sons, Lut salam, Nuh salam. All these prophets had family dynamics. It's the nature of being human. Prophet so, Prophet Muhammad salam, of course. Now you have him saying, وَكَذَلِكَ كَذَلِكَ in Arabic is pointing to everything that we talked about now. Allah is telling him, through Yaqub to Yusuf, that what? Everything that you are anticipating in terms of difficulty that his father is warning him about, this is going to be your path to prophethood. You're going to become one of God's chosen servants, a guide for thousands and thousands. Your story preserved. Ahsan al-Qasas, the most beautiful story. But you're going to have to go through it. Many of us want glory, but we don't want to have to go through the guts. Mm. We don't want to have the guts to get the glory. Like we want to be successful, but we don't want to have the late nights. We want to have good this or that, but we don't want to put in the work. Allah is telling you here, if you want to achieve the pinnacle of your capacity as a human being, you got to put up with stuff, man. You have to. And that's why Allah Ta'ala continues and He says what? The, and this is amazing. Min ahadith. It translates as the interpretation of the dreams. This is a contextual uh, uh, inter uh, uh, translation. What is Yusuf having trouble understanding? Something he had, which was what? Dream. When he went to his father, what's he asking about? I had a? Okay. What is Yusuf struggling understanding? A? One more time. What did he have at night when he was sleeping? A dream. He's struggling to understand a dream. What's causing the problems? What's causing the problems? His? His what? It's the same answer. His dream. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> what's going to lead to all this difficulty? The fact that he had this? 
Very, oh, there we go. That's the volume I need. All right? I feel like, you know. Okay? But, subhanAllah, the difficulty he's experiencing is going to lead to the superpower he's developing. Later on, what becomes his, his gift? What, what saves him from prison? What gives him the favor of the king when he's in prison? I know I just ruined a bunch for everybody. But the fact that he can interpret dreams, the very thing he can't do, the very thing he's struggling with, the very thing that's going to put him at the victimhood of his brothers is the thing that will give him success. Not just him. The Israelites in the story of Prophet Musa, they're in Egypt. Get into Egypt because of Yusuf. Yes, exactly. So he uplifts his entire lineage of people. SubhanAllah. Because of his righteousness, yes. his entire legacy in family history to come yes. are in Egypt living prosperous all the way until the time of Musa السلام, because of him. How many of you have ever been through a tough time? Raise your hand. Tough times? How many of you have ever had the privilege of, as a result of that, being rahmah for somebody else who went through it? Mm. Sometimes Allah allows you to go through something. In fact, he ordains it for you so that you can become mercy for someone else. You went through it, and now look, five years later, you just told me this. Yeah, you yeah. just told me a story today. You can yeah. share with everybody if you want. No, no, subhanAllah, I was, uh, I was married at a very young age, uh, somewhat of an arranged marriage that didn't work. Mm. But I was still overseas, and I had like a quarter-life crisis. The worst, the things I didn't wish the most for myself, I was worried the most about happened. Mm. But I had friends to help me through it. And so I didn't understand why this happened to me, but it was like, Qadrullah ma alhamdulillah, I have a daughter, she's amazing, she's beautiful, that's a beautiful thing, but it's not the way that I wanted it to be. Mm -hmm. Seven years later, seven years later, I come home from my studies, I move to Boston, and one of the first people I meet is 20 years old, going through a divorce with a kid on the way. Except he has nobody. No one can understand what he's going through. His family's not Muslim. May Allah bless him and preserve him. He's a good, good brother, mashallah. And so it was, for me, it was like, I, it was undescribable. Because it was almost like I went through that for him. Mm. I could tell him, like, bro, you're thinking about that, aren't you? How do you know that? And I was like, I went through it too, man. And that's the reality. You going through what you're going through now prepares you to be a mercy for somebody later. That's one perspective that will get you through something, Right? And then Allah Ta'ala, He calls it something. He says, that, And we have completed this favor upon you. Right? This test, this difficulty, this challenge is actually a ni'mah. And Arabic, ni'mah means a great thing, a wonderful thing. Like, oh my goodness, this is such a blessing. It's a ni'mah. Right? So we are reading it so far, and even Yaqub is worried, alayhi salam. But... Allah is referring to it as a ni'mah because why? Because this becomes your superpower. This becomes your prophetic gift. I mean, literally, the Arabic is he, he will through this will be the perfection. Yes. Of the ni'mah. Yes. So it's through the difficulty that those blessings will come. Yes. And then Allah Taala continues and He says, "Upon you and upon the family of Yaqub, just like we completed it upon your father before Ibrahim and Ishaq." Because Allah Ta'ala is the one who is the most knowing and the most wise. Allah Ta'ala mentions all of these prophets. Okay? Uh, many of us, when we read the stories of prophets, we know like a lot of the good things that happened. But one common thing between every prophet, no matter how many differences they had, 
was that they all went through tough times. They all went through tough times. Ibrahim salam literally was thrown into a pit of fire. Literally. Okay? Uh, Ishaq, right? There's, there's a narration that says that actually Ishaq was the one that was slaughtered. Anyway, so they, they were all put through tests. His father Yaqub put through tests. Now it's Yusuf's turn to be put through a test. But Allah Ta'ala keeps referring to this as what? A completion of your blessing. A completion of your blessing. And there's many different reasons why. Number one is the prophethood. But none of us are prophets. Newsflash. None of us are prophets, nor are we on the path to prophethood. So how then does our challenge become our blessing? Well, we talked about one, that you can become a reference, a North Star, for somebody that's going through it. But another example is that after you recover from the sickness, after you recover from the, the ailment, how good do you feel? After you experience something so difficult, and now you go back to equilibrium, or Allah gives you something better. You go from being laid off to getting a better job. You go from this to that. Then how do you feel about that? You feel so incredible. And subhanAllah, the existence of that evil, that we call evil, in your life, is the thing that heightened your experience of good. Had you not gone through it, mm-hmm. it would have just been normal to you. Had you not seen the darkness, you would have never appreciated the light. Had you not gone through the hot Dallas summers, you wouldn't have appreciated 73 degrees, right? Instead of Mustafa, that's like 20-something. 22.8. It actually just converted it because you're here. It's 22 degrees outside. Beautiful, right? In March. He's from the UK. That's why I had to do that for him, okay? MashaAllah. So, if you don't know what bad feels like, then you don't understand the ni'mah that you have after you're done. And subhanAllah, we want to get to the point where even in the midst of the bad, we understand that this is a ni'mah for us. Ramadan is coming. Right? Ramadan is coming, right? May Allah grant us Ramadan. How good does breaking your fast feel? How good does iftar feel? How incredible does that cold water feel on your tongue, going down your throat and hitting your stomach after a long day? Would it feel nearly as good if you didn't fast? Mm. Would it be nearly as good? How good does your sleep feel after a long Ramadan day of prayer and fasting? How good does it feel? Amazing. Allah pushes us and tests us so that we appreciate the ni'mah that we have. And in that way, the test is a ni'mah itself. Okay? So this is from the, uh, the reading of the surah. So we'll go ahead and wrap up here, inshallah. If I could just Sheikh, add to go this. Ahead. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think please. this is not just in difficult times, but this presents an opportunity for us to be grateful even when things are just like status quo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Jersey last week with some friends and we were having breakfast and it was a beautiful Turkish breakfast. I mean, it was absolutely amazing. And it, what hit me was, subhanAllah, our brothers and sisters in Turkey and Syria just went through an earthquake. Here we are enjoying a beautiful Turkish breakfast when our brothers and sisters' lives have been turned upside down, mm-hmm. perhaps for generations to come. Mm. That made the food so much better. Because there's a level of appreciation, of gratitude, yeah. of shukr now for this food that we can have, we can appreciate that much more because of so many other things. Absolutely. So what if we can bring that to every aspect of our lives? You see someone struggling with homelessness. Yeah. You see someone walking at the bus stop. You see someone's car is not as nice as yours. All of those are opportunities. What about one time you didn't have a car or your car was a piece of junk, but now you see someone else? I was blessed to have an amazingly horrible car in Mecca. MashaAllah. It had no AC, no speedometer. The gear stopped working initially, eventually, and it just was hot. 
But that car now, I appreciate any car after it. Yes, that's true. Any car is amazing. You because appreciate it's, rollerblades. Um, it's a lot nebby. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> Before that car was a moped. But anyways, yeah. I think all of that just allows you to be more appreciative of them. Yes. And so if we can just be more mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the good times and the bad. Because as one of my teachers always mentions, And every single thing is a sign that proves that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one. And so in these different things are signals back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us to tap into, to be mindful of Him first and foremost. Whoever knows themselves knows their God. And whoever knows their God knows themselves. So we're mindful of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It tells us a little bit about who we are. And therefore, subsequently, allows us to feel better, allows us to be healthier in our approach to the world, in our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alhamdulillah. And one thing you said, and we'll wrap up with this, inshallah, this is something you mentioned earlier, is that this surah is being revealed to the Prophet during <coughs> the hardest point of his life. Mm. And this introduction, this, this opening passage, these first few ayat, it's, it feels like it's being talked about like Yusuf and Yaqub, but really Allah is speaking to his Prophet. Mm. And what he's telling him is that you might be at the lowest point you've ever imagined, you probably couldn't have imagined, but this is part of your journey. And this surah, as it was revealed to the Prophet is being revealed to you and I. Like as you read this, Omar said, I used to read the Quran as if it was being revealed to me. Mm. Because I understood that this is God giving me a message. And so you sitting here, I don't know and you don't know. and We don't know each other's difficulties. Mm-hmm. We're really good at hiding that stuff. Mm. I jokingly talk about my knee and stuff like that. But t- life is tough, man. People have their own insecurities, family, dyna- family dynamics. Things are falling apart. You never imagined. This is going to happen to you. Sometimes you think about what I want to be when I grow up, what I want to be later, three, five, seven years. Five years come, you're not there yet. In fact, it's almost like you feel like you've gone the other direction. Mm-hmm. Things are just crumbling. But subhanAllah, you read this and you wonder, maybe this isn't crumbling, maybe this is my formation. Mm. Maybe this is Allah gathering my pieces and putting me and making me whole. Mm-hmm. Maybe I couldn't become who I want to be who I, as, as I was who I was. Maybe that person wasn't ready. And maybe Allah Ta'ala is first breaking me down so that I can become the best version of myself. And this is, this is the message of God to His Messenger, during the hardest point of His life. So we ask Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala to give us, inshaAllah, tawfiq. Can I mention we two ask points? Allah Ta'ala. Sure. Two points. Amal uh, Huzn, the year of sorrow. If this was anyone else other than the best of creation, if mm. it was you and I that were sad for a year, we'd probably be considered that as depression. Yeah, sure. So the Prophet is going through the hardest time of his life that if it was you and I, we lost the uncle that raised us and helped support us and protected us. We lost our wife. We just got uh, kicked out of thought. If all these things are happening, he's lowered literally, we'd be considered depressed. Yeah. And so therefore, emotions are real. And the Prophet had these deep, deep emotions mm. that our mufassireen, our, our scholars of tafsir and our scholars of sirah, call it the year of sorrow. So it's okay for us to feel sad. The question is, how do we use that sadness? to process what's going on. Mm. Um, and the second point, I forgot, so it's okay. Uh, we'll go ahead and wrap up, inshallah. A couple things. Number one is that I want everyone, inshallah, to raise their hands. We'll make dua, inshallah. There's one of our sisters in the community who recently lost her husband. Um, there, and there's many others, by the way, that I know who have illness and have lost their loved ones. But I wanted to make dua, inshallah, that Allah Ta'ala forgive him 
uh, and grant him paradise immediately. Mm. And that Allah Ta'ala grant strength and courage and patience to the, his loved ones and his family. Mm. And we ask Allah Ta'ala that if anyone is ill or sick, that he give them shifa. Mm. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to make it easy upon their loved ones. Mm. And if anyone has passed away, we ask Allah Ta'ala to give their family patience and strength and courage mm. and the ability to keep moving forward. And we ask Allah Ta'ala to raise the elevation of their status of their loved one to the place with the Prophet ﷺ in Jannah. Mm. Uh, obviously, there's many others that have come and that have asked for du'as. So we ask you, O oh Allah, you know what is in everyone's heart. I don't mm. know. You know, O oh Allah. So grant everyone what it is that they ask for, the good mm. of it, and protect everybody from any evil, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Mm. O oh Allah, we ask you to please bless everybody with beautiful risk, with mm. provision with beautiful health, O oh Allah, with good health, complete health. O oh Allah, we ask you to give everybody sound hearts, sound minds. O oh Allah, we ask you to give us all good companionship. O oh Allah, we ask you to give us love of you and your Messenger, O oh Allah, we ask you to grant us this beautiful month of Ramadan. O oh Allah, we ask you to deliver us to the month of Ramadan. O oh Allah, we ask you to allow us to benefit from this month of Ramadan and to allow this month to be something that transforms us and changes us. O oh Allah, we ask you to accept from us and we ask you to pardon us and forgive us, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Mm. Also, tonight is the, the 15th of Sha'ban, which some scholars, many scholars have said, is a very blessed night. And that those people that seek Allah's forgiveness on this night will be forgiven. And one of the narrations specifically mentions, except for the one who holds a grudge or rancor in their heart for others. Mm. So, I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you have something in your heart against somebody, you need to forgive them so that you will be forgiven tonight. Yeah. Right, and this was Sha'ban is a is a beautiful night of du'a of worship. If you can, before you go to sleep, open your hands for a few minutes, make du'a to Allah, forgive those who have have done wrong to you, forgive though even if they don't know it, forgive them, and you don't have to text them, "Hey, I've forgiven you," right? It might ruin it. You can forgive them, inshallah, and move on. Why? Because your forgiveness is more important than holding on to a grudge. We ask Allah Ta'ala to accept. Yeah. Isha prayers in five minutes. Jazakallah khairan, Shaykh. It's always a blessing. Jazakallah khairan, Shaykh. Mustafa for visiting us. Inshallah, we'd love to have you here. Inshallah. Next week, Inshallah. Next week, Inshallah. And for everybody who sat in the chair, please do us the favor of taking it back to the brothers who are stacking them in the back. Isha prayer, Inshallah, in, uh, in five minutes in the masjid. Barakallah feekum. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. We hope that Inshallah you enjoyed and benefited listening to the Heartwork Community Quran Study Series on Surah Yusuf. If you did enjoy and if you did benefit, then please consider helping us reach our Ramadan campaign goal of 250 new sustainers by heading over to rootsdfw.org sustain. If you're already a sustainer, let your family and friends know to support the work that we do. We'll see you next week, inshallah. Jazakum Allah khairan. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullah.